Thank you for tuning in once again to the Lawrence Avenue Church of Christ Worship Resource Podcast for Sunday, August the 1st. We pray that you and your families continue to be in good spirits, good health, and prepared to worship today. Here are today's updated announcements. Due to a technical issue, today's worship will be a rebroadcast of a previous service recorded in January. It has been re-edited for the sake of relevance. Sister Joan Bass is in Vanderbilt Hospital. Please pray for her speedy recovery. Sister Jerice Bond is asking for our prayers, not only for her, but also for her son, Bryant, as well as the rest of her family. Sister Kara Merritt thanks everyone for your prayers of traveling grace. They did make it home safely on Wednesday. Church, let's continue to keep the Wyatt, Davis, and Baskerville families in our prayers for strength and comfort during their time of bereavement. Let's also remember to keep Sister Judy Legs, Rekia Compton, Edgar Roberts in our prayers as well. We want to continue to remind everyone to pray for all of our sick, all of our shut-in, all of our bereaved members and their families, our elderly members and traveling members and their families. Continue to stay connected by making phone calls, sending cards, and text messages when you can. We want to also remind you that even though COVID-19 mandates had been rescinding and more people are being vaccinated, the Delta variant is on the uprise. So the elders are asking that all members attending worship at the building continue to follow our basic COVID-19 requirements, which include continuing to wear your face mask the whole time you're in the building, continuing to practice social distancing, and, and being prepared to take a temperature check upon entering the building. Your continued cooperation in this matter is greatly appreciated. Brother Kans will continue his study, Peter's Letters, today. The lesson text will come from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, and 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. And the title is Eyewitnesses of His Majesty. We hope that you will continue to tune in and study along with Brother Kans anytime on the Lord's Day. And you can contact Brother Kance with any questions or comments via his email address at bill.kance at gmail.com. I hope you will continue to join us this Wednesday evening at 7.15 p.m. as we continue our midweek conference call Bible study. We're studying from the first four chapters of the book of Malachi, and our study is titled, Lord, I Need an Attitude Adjustment. This week, we'll continue our chapter titled, A Sunday Morning Church Robbery, taken from Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. I look forward to being with you again this Wednesday evening at 7.15 p.m. This concludes today's updated announcements. We will now begin today's worship service. For our first election, let's all notice page 297. 297.
297. All found? Let's all sing. I want to be a worker for the Lord. I want to love and trust His holy word. I want to sing and pray and be busy every day in the vineyard of the Lord. I will work, I will pray in the vineyard, in the vineyard of the Lord. I will work, I will pray, I will labor every day in the vineyard of the Lord. I want to be a worker every day. I want to lead the erring in the way. That leads to heaven above, where all is peace and love in the kingdom of the Lord. I will work, I will pray, in the vineyard, in the vineyard of the Lord. I will work, I will pray, I will labor every day in the vineyard of the Lord. I want to be a worker strong and brave. I want to trust in Jesus' power to save. All who will truly come shall find a happy home in the kingdom of the Lord. I will work, I will pray in the vineyard, in the vineyard of the Lord. I will work, I will pray, I will labor every day in the vineyard of the Lord. Page 627, the Glory Land Way, 627. Scripture in the prayer will follow page 627. All found, that's all seen. I'm in the way, the bright and shining way, and I'm in the glory land way. And telling the world that Jesus saved today, yes, I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. And I'm in the glory land way. And heaven is nearer and the way grow way clearer for I'm in the glory land way. List to the call, the gospel call today, and get in the glory land way. And wanderers come home, oh, hasten to obey, for I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. And I'm in the glory land way. And heaven is nearer and the way grow with clearer for I'm in the glory land way. Onward I go rejoicing in his love and I'm in the glory land way. And soon I shall see him in that home above. Oh, I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. And I'm in the glory land way. 
and heaven is nearer and the way grow we clearer for I'm in the glory land way Lord our scripture reading for this morning will be Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Also, I'm reading from the King James Version. Verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I read unto you 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, at this time, we thank you, God, for another day. Uh, we thank you for another Lord's Day that's not promised to us. We just thank you for all the many blessings you bestowed upon us, things you have done for us, things you are doing for us, and things you will do. We thank you for the food, the clothing, shelter, our family, friends, our family, friends of Christ. Most of all, God, we thank you for you, your son, Jesus Christ, your sacrifice that you allowed him to die on the cross for our sins so that we have the chance to be with you, Father, and live with you as eternity. At this moment, we thank you for the worship service that we've been able to have so far. We thank you for the songs that we've been able to sing. Uh, we thank you for the prayers that we will be able to pray. Uh, we just thank you for this moment that we've been able to have with each other and we have uh, had with you. Uh, at this moment, we ask you to fulfill the prayers that have been uh, offered up and that have been asked. Uh, we ask you to be with the Spivey family uh, in, in bereavement. We pray that you will wrap your arms protection around them, their, uh, your comfort around them. We pray that we will be of use uh, in order to comfort them. We pray that we will be the Christian brothers and sisters that uh, we need to be and that we should be and that you, uh, and that you like for us to be during this time. Uh, we ask you to be with Sister Walker's mother. Uh, we pray that you give her the strength. Uh, we pray that you watch over her and, and just give her what she needs. We ask you to be with Brother White. Uh, we actually be with uh, Brother Phillips, where they have some physical health problems at this current moment. Uh, we, not only then, we pray for all those that may be dealing with any type of physical issue. Uh, we ask you to be with uh, Brother Casey. We know that we'll, he'll be having surgery eventually. We just pray that um, the things that will be done will be able to be done in a way that's pleasing supplement to you, in a way that would be uh, in decent order. And we ask you to please fulfill any other prayers, any other, um, any other prayers that have been offered up and have been asked of, if I have not mentioned them. Uh, we, we just ask you to continue to be with us throughout this service. Uh, we ask that you uh, allow us to be uh, the Christ-like individuals that you'd like for us to be. And we pray that we will continue to do things in a pleasing, acceptable, uh, in a decent and orderly manner and fashion. We just ask you to continue to watch over us and guide us. We just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all mark page 50 for the invitation song. Page 50 for the invitation song. Now let's all notice page 720. 
our film, let's all sing. Watch and pray for the Lord is coming, coming in the clouds someday. And wash your robes in the cleansing fountain. Watch your watch and pray. Watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray. For we know not the hour when the Lord shall come. And watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray. And be ready to enter the soul's bright home. He may come in the early morning. He may come at close of day. And watch and pray in his promise trusting. Watch your oh, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray. For we know not the hour when the Lord shall come. And watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray. And be ready to enter the soul's bright home. So give heed to the Savior's warning and his blessed word obey and be prepared when he comes to meet him. Watch your oh, watch and pray and watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray. For we know not the hour when the Lord shall come and watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray and be ready to enter the soul's bright home. When he comes, he reward the faithful. What a glorious day twill be. Enjoy your ways, those who have made ready. Watch your oh, watch and pray. And watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray. For we know not the hour when the Lord shall come and watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray and be ready to enter the soul's bright home. And watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray. Morning. morning. This should be a time of joy. There should be a smile on every and each face this morning because God has given us another opportunity to assemble ourselves here this morning for the purpose of worshiping him in spirit and in truth. So we give him all praise. We give him all honor because this time that he has afforded us he has given us through his love and through his grace grace is is something that we often take for granted 
It's something that we often misunderstand. So I would like to use for a, a topic this morning, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. When I came into the, the body of Christ, I began to, to sit in on some of the Bible classes and we began to discuss what grace is. In certain classes, you would hear that grace is the unmerited favor of God. Others would use the acronym that it is God's riches at Christ's expense. Others would go on and they would give the definition that grace means that God deals with his people not on the basis of what they deserve, but according to his goodness and according to his generosity. Well, with all of that being said, what does grace look like, Brother Spivey? Grace looks like this, church. You work a 40-hour work week. It's time for you to get paid. <clears throat> and you walk in expecting to get your normal compensation. But when you open it up, there's an extra $1,000 in there. And you go to your boss, Brother Bell, and, and, and you say, well, what have I done that warrants, that merits this extra $1,000? And he says, nothing. I gave it to you out of the goodness of my heart. Grace looks like this. You're a banker, and you've just lost your job. And you begin to search for another job, and you log on to your computer. And you're searching for places of employment. And you see one pop up on your screen, and you, and you click on that. And you begin to read the qualifications. And it says, opening position for a banker. You scroll down to the qualifications, and it says no prior experience is needed. It says you don't need to have to have any additional education. He says, you know what? He says, even if you've messed up your life, I still want you to apply. He says, if you've mismanaged some things in your life, you file for bankruptcy. You've committed some felonies. You've stole some money. You've robbed some banks. He said, that's going to be a plus, and I still want you to apply. And you begin to look at yourself and say, what kind of bank in the world is this that would hire somebody like this? What kind of person in HR would hire somebody like this? And then I want you to think about this. God would, and God did. Because all of us used to be something else before God began to work on us. That's what grace is. That's what grace looks like, church. So as you sit back and you contemplate your life this morning, contemplate the thought that his grace is sufficient. Not man. But see, his grace is sufficient.
when we all became Christians, the Christian life was not meant to be void of pain and suffering. God doesn't give us divine immunity when it comes to pain and suffering. If you live long enough as a child of God, pain and suffering is going to come into your life. Sooner or later, you're going to lose a loved one. We were talking this morning that death rides a fast horse and it plays no favorites. It could be at your house today and my house tonight and Brother Bell's house in the morning. It rides a fast horse and it plays no favorites. But even as a child of God, when we're going through these things, God's grace is still sufficient. See, there are some times when you can't hold on to man's hand and get to where you need to be. You need to hold on to the unchanging hand of God because his grace is sufficient. Everything that we go through, church, is for a purpose. I want you to think about this. Before things can get to me, God has to allow them to sift through his hand. So whatever it is you're going through, you don't have to look at it and say, well, I, I, I wonder why. You're going through it because God sees a purpose in you going through it. It looks like this. I used to be a thief. But when I got caught stealing, they cut my pinky finger off. And now when I look at these nine, it reminds me that I don't need to steal anymore. God has a purpose, and he has a plan for everything that we go through. But in going through that, his grace is sufficient. See, what Satan will do is this, church. Satan will, will, will mess with our minds. Satan will say, Brother Ernest, you're a child of God, Right? God loves you. Didn't God tell you that he loves you? Well, now, if God loves you, why are you going through the things that you're going through? See, you need to come on back. Now, you see, when, when, when you were with me, we didn't go through these things. But see, but the child of God, I shouldn't be on today. It should be on those things that are to come. But see what Satan will say, Satan will mess with our minds and he will play with our faith, church. But in the back of our minds, whatever it is we're going through, if we keep in the forefront that his grace is sufficient, that's all we need to know, church. When we come into some hard times, we don't need to ask ourselves why. We just need to drop down on our knees and begin to pray. We sing a song, Amazing Grace. And it goes like this. It says, what a friend we have, not in man, but what a friend we have in Jesus. It says, all of our sins and griefs to bear. Not one or two, but all of the sins and griefs that we have to bear. What are we going to do with them? Consider it a privilege. To carry them to God. Bottom line being once again is that his grace is sufficient. 
We need to understand that, church. We run to the wrong person, to the wrong people in times of need, and we need to drop down on our knees because his grace is sufficient. But then we need to realize, even though I drop down on my knees and I begin to pray, I may not get the answer that I want when I want it. Christ, as he prayed, he said, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But he says now, not my will, but thine be done. When we're going through some things, we may not get the answer that we want. But we need to keep in mind that God has a plan. God has a purpose for everything that we're going through. And even when we stumble two or three times and we shed some tears, we still need to know that his grace is sufficient, church. We've all gone through some things. We've all lost some loved ones. But you know the one thing that binds us together outside of love as children of God? We all share in that same grace. That same sufficient grace. In our scriptural text that was read unto your hearing from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing about a painful experience. Paul says, now, it is a thorn in my flesh. Now, I want you to note, church, <laughs> biblical scholars have tried for years and years and years to figure out what the thorn in Paul's flesh was. And see, God in his infinite wisdom didn't put anything right there. You know why? Because, see, if there's nothing there, it can apply to all of us. If he had said Paul's thorn in the flesh was financial troubles, then we would say, well, I got all the money I need, so I don't have to worry about it. But because God didn't slide or he didn't put anything in there, it can apply to whatever we're going through. But even in that, God's grace is sufficient, church. Always will be, always has been. When we look at the scriptural text here, and, and, and we see where Paul says this is a thorn in my flesh, in our limited capacity, we think of it being something like when I go to pick a rose, and I get a little thorn in my finger, or a thorn on a cactus bush comes to mind. If you go back and you look at that in the Greek text, it refers to a stake. You know what a stake is? Those who go camping and you put that thing in the ground to hold your tent in place, that's a stake. Now, if you think about walking around with that impaled in your side, that's more than a mild irritant. That thing becomes painful, church. Now, if you take that same term, thorn, and you go back to the Old Testament, to Judges and Deuteronomy and some other places, you see that, that it can refer to people as well. You know how we say, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so is a pain in my neck. 
I'm going to tell you, like the TIE as the old folks say. We got some people like that, church. Truth be told, they glory in being your thorn in the flesh. But see, you don't have to worry about taking them out because God will do you the same way he did fall. He said, now you know what? My grace is sufficient. He went on, and Paul's response was, as we said before, Paul began to pray. Not once, not twice, but Paul prayed three times. And he finally got his answer. But it wasn't the answer that Paul wanted to get. Instead of being healed, instead of God removing that thorn from his side, God gave him a promise. God says, you know what? My grace is sufficient. Because he says in your weakness, have you ever thought about that, church? When we come into some situations and we say, I don't know what else I'm going to do. I can't carry on. God can. That's when we need to tap into his source. See, our limited capacity is only going to take us far enough. And, and, and if you're hard-headed like I am, You'll try to exhaust all that you have first. And then say, God, we need to save our resources, church, and start off saying, God, help me. Because his grace is sufficient. In all that we're going through, his grace is sufficient, church. God's grace looks like this. In the darkest nights of our lives, and we don't know what we're going to do in the morning, God's grace will let you go through that with a smile on your face. If you understand who he is, God's grace will sustain us through whatever it is we're going through if we have this right relationship with him. Because, see, he'll take it all for us, and he'll put it on himself. And while we're still trying to figure it out, he gave an answer long ago. God's grace is sufficient. It can turn our crosses into crowns. If we let God be God. Paul said, you know what, this, this, this thing came from a minister of Satan, and it buffets me. Now, that term buffet means it was going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, blow to blow with Paul. Paul would try to do this, and it would knock him back. Paul tried to sidestep the left, but he'd get hooked, he'd get hit with the right. But it did some things to Paul, church. It made Paul realize some things. Paul went on to realize that, that that thorn in the flesh was keeping him humble. You know, 
we can, we, 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 we can sit back and say, you know what, well, Paul wasn't really like me. Paul wasn't really like you. Paul was privileged to some things. We can shake our head and say, yeah, Paul had been given some revelations. But see, now, you know, for the average person, our heads, we begin to swell. I've done this, and, 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 and I've done that. Paul began to realize that he had this thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. Can we get the big head today, church? Oh, yeah. And sometimes our head will get so big that we have to have that thorn in the flesh to let some of that air come out. But his grace is still sufficient. And I, 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 I got to throw this in right here. Sometimes we put more weight on the man than we do the message. Brother so-and-so and so-and-so is coming to town, and you lean over, Brother Bell, I won't be here today. I'm going to hear Brother so-and-so and so-and-so. And the places are packed not because of the message, but because of the man. Check yourselves. I don't care who he is and what message he presents. It's still come out of here. But when we look at God's grace, it changed the way Paul thought about some things. Paul says, you know what, this, this suffering that I'm going through now can't compare to some things that shall be revealed. Romans chapter 8 and verse 18 is where we can see that. And if we understand what Paul is saying, Paul is saying, what I'm going through right now it's just one of the things I have to go through to get to where I want to be. I live in Laverne. If I want to take the interstate to get to Rivergate, I got to go through downtown for the most part. That's just a fact. I got to go through downtown if I want to stay on the interstate. So before I start my journey, I need to realize that. That's some things that I'm going to have to do. But when I get to Rivergate, which is my reason for going, it's going to be worth the trip. That's how we need to look at God's grace. I'm going through some things right now. But when I get to the end of it, it's all going to be worth it. This thorn that Paul had in his flesh, it begins to change Paul's attitude. Paul no longer looked at it as a curse, but he began to see it as a blessing. Paul didn't no longer begin to, to be bogged down by it. Paul began to embrace it because he knew that it was for a purpose. It was for a good reason. If we go back up to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, which was part of our scriptural text this morning. 
you can see what Paul said most gladly. I will glory in my infirmities that the power of God may rest upon me. Paul began to embrace this. What Paul was doing, Paul was now looking beyond his present condition. And Paul was saying, in spite of what I'm going through, God is still able to bear some fruit on this tree. Even though we get knocked down from time to time, church, we're still able to bear some fruit. People are watching us to see how we handle certain situations. And if we handle them based upon the premise that God's grace is sufficient, we'll just dust ourselves off and we'll keep going. And when the world says, how can you get through this? He offers me a peace that surpasses all understanding. What are you talking about? It's because I know his grace is going to be sufficient. So don't worry about how it makes you feel. Don't worry about what you lost. If you trust him and you've seen him work in your life, you can sit back and say, God, do your thing. I just got to be me. Trust in God and let God be God. You know what that's called? That's called faith, church. I have faith in God. And you know why? Because I've seen him work in your lives. I've seen him do some things in my lives. So I know he's able not only to do what I want, but to go exceedingly past what I want and what my needs. Farther than I can even expect in my mind, God is able. And his grace is sufficient, church. When I'm weak, I get my strength from God. That's what allows me to continue on. Turn with me, if you will, church, to Psalms 119. We're going to start at verse number 67. There's a lot in this if we understand what's being said here. Psalms 119 and 67. Is everybody there? Psalms 119 and 67. And here the psalmist writes, he says, Now, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I have kept thy word. When we drop down to verse number 71, he says, now it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might what? I might learn thy statues. Verse 75 then says, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou art in faithfulness has afflicted me. There's a benefit in that. Because what happens, church, it is those times that we are afflicted by something. Or in those times that we are going through something. 
that it forces our roots of faith to go even deeper. In times of storms, the trees that survive are the trees that have a good root system. If we've got a good root system in our faith, church, when storms come, we're going to be able to stand tall. We might waver a little bit, but we're not going to be uprooted. And we're not going to be uprooted because we're going to understand that whatever it is I'm going through, God's grace is sufficient. When we're going through troubling times, church, it intensifies our relationship with God. It brings us a little closer to God. But, 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 but we, as a people, church, we like being in our comfort zone. We don't like to be removed out of our comfort zone. We like to just stay put because it feels good. You know how it is in the morning when you get that nice warm spot and the alarm clock goes off? And you don't want to get up. You don't want to move because it feels so good. We get in the same predicament. We get in the same position sometimes. We become complacent with where we are. But Moses, Moses wrote a song in Deuteronomy for the children of Israel. Turn to Deuteronomy for me. Chapter 32. And we're going to begin with verse number 10. And the reason why Moses wrote this song, it was to be instructions for them to show them how to intensify their relationship and their dependency on God. It showed them. <clears throat> it gave them something to turn to, something to remember, something to live by. When hard times came. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse number 10 says, He found him in a desert land, and in the wasteland a howling wilderness. He says, Now he led him about, instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. Verse number 11 says, now, as an eagle stareth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth out her broad wings, and taketh them, and beareth them on her wings. Verse 12 says, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. I want us to envision those couple of verses. He gave reference to an eagle. <clears throat> now eagles build their nest high up on the cliffs. And when the little eaglets get of age, that the mother feels it's time for them to get out of the nest, she'll begin to stir that nest up. She'll flutter her wings. She'll stir that nest up and eventually, the little eagles will begin, the little eagles will begin to fall out of the nest. But because they're up high, they begin to tumble, and they begin to tumble, and they begin to tumble. But before they hit the ground, the mother eagle will spread out her wings, and she'll catch them. 
and she'll take them back up to the nest. But it's not over. It's not over. Because that's just lesson one. She will continue to stir up that nest until the little eagles learn how to fly. Some of us have not learned how to fly. So God is going to continue to stir up our nest, church. But even in the stirring of the nest, his grace is still sufficient. That's who he is, church. We've heard it said sometimes that there's no pain. There's no gain without pain. Spiritual life sometimes is the same way. In order for us to gain something, church, in our spiritual life, sometimes we have to go through a little pain. Because see, when we're going through that pain, it forces us to focus not on ourselves, but on God. Because see, we can only do so much in ourselves. When Paul began to go through this, it changed Paul's outlook on life. It made Paul have a deeper faith. It brought Paul into a closer relationship. And the lesson that was learned was when he was weak, he was strong also. But his strength didn't come from Paul. It came from God. That's the basis of the lesson, church. No matter what we're going through, when we get to a point that we feel we can't go any farther, that's a good point. Because then we have to rely on God. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but in closing, there <clears throat> used to be a picture hanging up here in one of the hallways. And it was a seashore. It had footprints in it. And I think that's what it was called, was footprints. And you'd see two sets of footprints, and then you would see one set of footprints. And the gist of it was, a person asked, he said, now, now, now you, you, you said you would always be with me. But in the deepest and darkest parts of my life, I only see one set of footprints. You left me during that time, God. And God says, no, my son. It was those times that I carried you on my back. And, when he, and by God carrying him on his back, it should have made him realize that God's grace is sufficient, church. Don't worry about what you see on the here and the news. Don't worry about what people are trying to convince you of. God is still in control. And his grace will always be sufficient. But I want you to know this, church, in closing once again. We stumble and fall in our lives in those places that we feel most comfortable in. Because, you see, in those areas in our lives that we know we struggle with sometimes, we don't have a problem turning to God. God, help me in this area of my life. But in those areas that we think we are strong, those are the areas that we're going to stumble in because in our mind, we're prideful. We don't need God. And then you wake up one morning, you go to work, and you have a thorn in your flesh. 
God's going to be saying, you might think that you can. Like the little engine says, I think I can, I think I can. But you can't without God. But even when you get that thorn in your flesh, his grace, church, will always be sufficient. Grace is love coming at you, church, that has nothing to do with you. But it has everything to do with the person that loves you. Now, you understand that going home. Grace has nothing to do with the love that comes at you. But see, it has everything to do with the person that's sending that love to you. In other words, when we were yet sinners, God did something for us. Now think about that. There was nothing that you could do about that. Because it came out of love and out of God's grace. It is the grace of God, it is the love of God that carries the lost, that carries the sinner from day to day. But now, eventually, that grace period will run out. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says what? The rain, the sun shines on the just just as well as the unjust. That is by the grace of God. It is by the grace of God that if you have not accepted Christ, that he gives you another day. He gives you another day. But then it says today is the day of salvation. So one day that grace period is going to run out. So if you know it's going to run out one day, why not use today to get right with God? It's not hard for you to do. God has a plan. It's called the plan of salvation. You, 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 you simply have to hear the word. We can hear, can't we? And when you hear it, you have to believe what you've heard. We've got some excellent Bible teachers here that can explain it to you. Then you just simply need to repent of your sins. Confess the sweetest name that has ever been heard. Believe in your heart that Christ is the son of the true and living God. And then be baptized for the remission of those sins. And then the revelation writer says that you need to live faithful unto death. If you are here this morning and you are a member of the body of Christ and you have gone astray, you have transgressed God's laws, or you simply need prayer for you or someone within your household. Whatever the case may be, God is able. Right now, we're going to ask you to stand, and we're going to extend the invitation. Examine yourself, not against your neighbor, but against the word of God. Will we stand, please? And will you come if the need applies? 
Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing Do we have another power? this morning? Are you washed in the blood of the You're Lamb? You're not coming to me. You're coming to God. And are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Would you are come, you please? washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood come, and in the soul cleansing blood Today of the land? And are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you walking daily by the Savior's Don't let Satan side? Play with your are faith, you church? washed in the blood of the Lamb? That is not what you've and done. And do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed you in the blood of the Lamb? And Don't are ashamed, you washed church. in the blood? And in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. Do we have another? And all your garments spotless, are they white as not, snow? You may be seated. Are they washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white, pure and white in the blood of the Lamb? Not too late. Will your soul be ready for the mansions bright and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you washed in the blood and in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? And all your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And there's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And are you washed in the blood, in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? And all your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? I want to thank you so much for, for listening, to this church, listening this morning, church, and I hope that, that we have said something that you can understand. And if you can understand it, then you should be able to easily apply it to your life. And if you didn't understand anything else that I said this morning other than God's grace is sufficient, then that's enough to sustain you for the week. Because see, whatever it is you're going through, but now it's imperative that you understand where the emphasis is placed. God's grace is sufficient, not man. Thank you for listening, church. What a wonderful message. Message that helps us to remind us all that all of us, I don't care who you are, all of us has got to deal with thorns from time to time. All of us have to, to deal with some situations, some heartaches. And, and guess what? When you're going through them, they don't feel good, y'all. 
they're not pleasant. I believe it was Solomon that said that there's a time and a place for everything. And so, yes, there's going to be some times for sadness. And there's going to be some times for some heartaches. But guess what? God's grace <laughs> is sufficient. That's what helps us through all of it, knowing that God's grace is sufficient. Thank you, brother. Wonderful, wonderful message. Let's keep that in mind, y'all, and continue to pray one for another. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we are so thankful that you have allowed your servant to bring another wonderful message to us. A message to remind us, Heavenly Father, that you are still in control no matter what goes on. Father, we thank thee for all that you've done for us from the time of our existence down to this present moment of time. We thank you, Heavenly Father, most of all for letting your son die for us that we may have a right to the tree of life. We're so thankful, Heavenly Father, for all that you've done for us, even for the simple things, the, the food that we eat, the drink that we drink, and the, the air that we breathe. We just want to say thank you, Heavenly Father, because we cannot move or do anything without you. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you would continue to be with all of those that have made the request known, we ask that you would please grant them the things in which you see they stand in need of. Those that are traveling, Heavenly Father, those that are sick, those that don't know where the next meal is coming from, those that's dealing with financial problems, even our youth, Heavenly Father, we ask that you please bless them through all that they have to deal with in today's world. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you would please be with all of us as we go throughout this world in this time of pandemic and with all the other things that come along with it before and after it, we ask that you please be with us, Heavenly Father, and help us to know that our strength comes from thee. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being our God, and please bless all whom you will. Bless those that are bereaved, those, Heavenly Father, dealing with sickness, those that are behind prison walls. Just continue to be with us all, Heavenly Father. And we thank you for everything that you've done. In the name of Christ, amen. And living below in this old sinful world, hardly a comfort can afford. And I'm striving alone to face temptation so Tell me where could I go but to the Lord? Was singing where could I go? Oh, where could I go? And I'm seeking a refuge for my soul. And I'm needing a friend to save me in the end. Tell me where could I go but to the Lord. We'd like to thank Brother Spavi for the message he brought to us this morning. Let's all turn to page 12 as we prepare for the communion. Page 12. We'll sing one verse of page 12. All found? Let's all sing. 
Alas, indeed, my Savior bleed, and in my sovereign die. And would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. morning. Before we give thanks for the collection, Proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 and 10 from the New Living Translation reads, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. When we give to the Lord before uh, we even get here, we protect ourselves financially uh, in everything that we do. And so his mindset is that we should have the mindset to give as we prosper before we do all other things. So with that in mind, let us give thanks for the collection. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for you always blessing us and giving us everything that we need. We pray that we will continue to have the mindset to give to you before we do everything else, dear Heavenly Father. We pray that you will bless the things that, uh, the money that has been taken up and that will be taken up uh, going forward, dear Heavenly Father, that we will use this in a manner that is well-pleasing and acceptable in your eyesight. This prayer we do ask in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. As we now focus our minds on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we will read Matthew 26, verse 26, verses, Matthew 26 through 30, 35, excuse me. Again from the New Living Translation, it reads, As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight all of you will desert me, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. We know shortly after what Jesus said came true. You may be wondering why did he read this? Because it becomes a formality for us. It becomes a checking off of the boxes. Once we've taken the bread, we've taken the cup, we pray, we get up and we don't remember it again until next Sunday. And we deny him in that. We say things, we do things that are not indicative, that are not remembrant of the things that he did for us. Uh, and so my charge to you, to all of us, is once the final prayer is said, once we go through Monday through Saturday, keep this on our mind. In everything that we do, everything that we say, that we don't deny him. 
And maybe some of us are right here thinking like Peter, no, I won't do this when I leave. And some of us will say that in our minds and still go out and do the very opposite. So my prayer is as we finish this again, that we don't forget the things that he did for us when he was betrayed, when he suffered, and when he died. Let us give thanks for that sacrifice. Dear Heavenly Father, which art in heaven, we thank you for your son's body. We're thankful for his blood and everything that he did for us, dear Heavenly Father, making way back to us, making it possible for us to have a way back to you, Lord. We pray that we will take this cup with clean hands, with pure hearts, dear Heavenly Father, and that we will be always remembering of the things that he have done, dear Heavenly Father. This prayer we do ask in the name of Christ. Amen. At this time, you may now uh, open the bread and partake of it. Once you've taken of the bread, you may also take of the cup. As always, as a reminder, uh, once you finish with your cups, make sure they find their way to the trash cans and are not left in the seats or on the floors. This concludes this portion of our service. Let's all turn to page 346 as we close. 346 as we close. Page 346. Let's all stand. Let's sing. It won't be very long till this short life shall end. And it won't be very long till Jesus shall descend. And then the dead in Christ from beds of clay shall rise to meet the Lord and King. And up yonder in the skies, it won't be very long, and it won't be very long until Jesus shall appear, and that day is drawing near. And will you be ready then to meet the ransom throne? Get ready for that day, and it won't be very long. Let us pray. Dear the Father, most wise and awesome God, because you are great and you are good. And the Father, we'd like to thank you for this day, a day which you made and a day which we're glad and rejoicing in. And Heavenly Father, we'd like to thank you for your son who suffered and bled down the cross, that we may receive the tree, receive the tree of life, eternal life. And the Father, at this time, we'd like for you to go with those that may be down with the COVID-19 that may be suffering through those things. And if I, that may not just, I mean just all that that, that suffer through through the through this pandemic, uh, Heavenly Father. And the Father, at this time, we also like for you to go with the speaker who spoke this morning, Heavenly Father. Continue to give him the health and strength that he may continue to proclaim your word, Heavenly Father. And the Father, also be with us, the hearers. Let us not only just be hearers, and the Father, but doers of your most most holy divine word, and that we may be able to take it out and teach others, and the Father. Now, by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us forever and always, until we meet again. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen.